You are now entering the Brightness. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello! Hello! You're on the Bright Side with Kevin and Jason, your weekly comedy about tragedy. I am your co-host, Kevin Held. And I am your other co-host, Jason T. We all know who you fucking are. Gaffney. (laughs) (laughs) I felt there needed to be some noise in this podcast in between those words. Sometimes you want silence to bring tension. (laughs) Yeah, never in a podcast. (laughs) Never in the first ten seconds of a podcast. Welcome. Two. Oh, God. Our pod. Oh, no. Uh, I won't. I won't allow that anymore. All right. We're done with that. Uh, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> it's nice to see you again. It's good to see you, too. We got a little late this week. I was working all weekend, and, you know, I got to, I got to make some money. Yes, money. So I, I'm going to uh, make it rain. Yeah. So I've been doing a ton of work and not a ton of sleep. Oh. So a little punchy over here. That's Good. It's great. I'm loving it. I'm 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 very happy tired. The thing is, it's been hard for me to fall asleep lately. Okay. Because and I always have trouble falling asleep, but it's been hard for me to fall asleep lately because I don't want to miss anything. Okay. I like my life. You know, and I'm like I don't want to go to sleep because I hate sleep. But when everyone else is asleep, what are you gonna miss? Oh, the West Wing. I'm catching up on the West Wing. And I don't want to miss that. It's, it's oh, so good. It's how so good, though. I'm not caught up on it. Like, I'm not not caught up on it. I, like, I'm still watching it. I'm binging it again. Oh, what okay. I'm You're just reliving. I'm not not caught up. I, like, I can't wait to see what happens. <laughs> it's not like that. It's, I've seen every episode many times. I'm just doing my semi-annual West Wing and rewatch. And lo- I mm-hmm. love it. And that's what's happening now, and I don't want to miss And I don't want to miss a thing. Well, what's great is um, that you also just did a concert with the Gay Men's Chorus of L.A. I, I, yes. And Matt and I went to see it. Yes. And we had a little bit of an adventure. What? When we went to see it. What happened? Well, we were separated at first, because Matt... At birth? To- no. <laughs> <laughs> when we bought our seats... What? Uh, Matt bought me seat number two and him seat number six. So someone How? bought a seat in between us. How the the computer got glitched. Oh, there they go two, four, of, and six. Yeah, oh. there were a lot of problems really? actually, and I just want to tell you them real quick. Oh, okay. So Matt decided to just sit in seat four and, with the assumption that the person would switch seats with him because sure. it was a single ticket. Uh huh. So the guy who bought seat four shows up, and Matt's like, "Hey, we're married. Can we sit together?" Yeah. And the guy's like, "Yeah, fine." And he's like, I'm actually looking for my friend who I want to sit with. Uh, So he just goes and sits next to his friend, which is a totally different seat that he doesn't have. I see. So so then it created a huge uh, cascade. Yeah. Well, this woman shows up to sit in the seat of the guy who Matt's seat was. Uh And she's like, you know what? There's an empty seat on the aisle. I'll just take that. Oh, no. So then the show starts, right? Uh-huh. And then the usher comes running up the staircase, flashing her lights around with two young women following her. So then the usher tells the women that, that their seats are Matt's old seat, which we have a ticket for, and the person next to where Matt was sitting. Oh, no. So now the, the, the kerfuffle starts well, in the aisle where the usher comes in. Brings the show's the already going in. on. The show's going on. Oh, God. And now I'm standing, and the people behind us are like trying to see around me. Uh and Matt's like, that's my old seat. And the woman's like, no, these are these women's seats. They finally figure out that the women do not belong in row J. They oh. actually are row E. Oh. So then the usher, like, 
angrily rushes them down to row E. It's your damn fault, Usher! Yeah. But then she ended up having to move like 10 different people in that row because they were all wrong. This happened at the show? I had no During idea. During the show. Oh my God. So then this one woman gets moved out of row E so the two women can take their seat. This woman gets brought over to in front of the aisle seat woman. You're killing right? me. Uh-huh. And, what um, is this? And, what? Oh my God. Well, this is what's great. So the, the woman who got moved from row E to this new row yeah. is like super angry. Sure. And, she, and the usher like holds out the program to help her and the woman like snatches the program out of her hand and she's just like, uh. and I'm like, whoa. So then, like, three songs later, the usher comes storming back up the stairs with another woman to where the other woman who had moved for the guy who had moved because of Matt is sitting. Uh-huh. And he, she forces her to move. The, uh-huh. And the guy's going to move back to his seat next to Matt. Uh-huh. But he, the woman's like, no, sit with your friend. So now there's this one woman who's, like, homeless. She doesn't know where to go. Okay. So she decides to sit... On the seat inside of the woman from row E got moved. Okay. And she ends up stepping on the foot of the woman who got moved from row E. Wow. So in the middle of the performance, the woman goes, Ow! Uh-huh. Like, top of her long screaming. Uh-huh. By this point, I'm guffawing. Sure. I'm, like, trying so hard not to laugh. Oh, because, my God. Because it's the, the Wrecking Ball's about to start, and it's a serious song. <laughs> it and really it's, is. like, super dramatic. And uh-huh. I'm just like... <laughs> Then the the kicker is is that I came in like a <laughs> ow. <laughs> then the best part is so then like three songs later yeah. these two guys get up next to me across the aisle yeah to go down to the bathroom I guess mm-hmm. I don't know one of them falls uh, he fell backwards up the stairs come and, on audience and at first I was like oh god don't be an old person don't be an old person because ninety percent of the people there are old people <laughs> in the section we're in yeah we're real relevant. And, well, <laughs> well, it, this guy happened to be a young man, so okay. then I was able to laugh. But then Great. I was trying not to laugh because, again, it was another dramatic song. Yeah, yeah, it was. A, there was just a lot going on. Good lord! And so, I'm sorry. What well, I loved it. Okay, no, it's it's a it was a perfect <laughs> show for you. I got my slapstick. I got to support a great cause. I got drama. It was all win for Jason Teague after. Yeah. I'm glad for you. That's a mess. So, anyway, we wanted to tell you after the show, but I figured it'd be better to tell you I love it. live on the air. That's insane. Yeah. That's, that sounds like an insane little... That sounds a lot of drama in a show that yeah. was, you know, supposed to be really pretty lighthearted. Not really. <laughs> um, okay, so we know how you are. <laughs> or were. Neurotic uh, and, and great. Uh, good. So, should we talk about the bright spot? Yeah. I'm going to jump into the show, yes? Give it to me. All right. Uh, you're sick because you like to watch people fall. I'm tired. And <laughs> that's our check-in. Yeah. And now, uh, the bright spot this week. So, Notre Dame. Okay. The Cathedral of Notre Dame caught oh. fire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This week, and it was a devastating fire, out of which has come a lot of bright sides. Looks yep. like they're going to rebuild. It's, you know, of course, iconic structure, and seems like many of the artifacts in there have been saved, and so the damage doesn't seem like it was nearly as bad as it could easily have been. Oh, good. For the... Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. But that's... I mean, that's... So there's a lot of bright side to the Notre Dame fire. Donations coming in to rebuild it, the pledge to do it. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of things saved out of it. But detail-oriented listeners of the show will know that uh, we are friends of bees here <gasps> at the Bright Side. I love bees. And I learned this week that there were 180,000 bees... Living on the roof no, of Notre Dame. No, 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 no. Yes. Did they all die? They all survived. How the fuck did they survive? Because how do you get bees to sleep? 
Smoke. Smoke! They slept happily through the whole fucking thing. The the fire was going on 100 feet away from there. There are three big hives that are part of a like increasing pollination plan yeah. in, in Paris, right? Because, you know, bees are in danger. Yeah. And so there are three hives as part of the bunch of hives that are all over the city. And three of them are on Notre Dame, right? They house 180,000 bees. And when the smoke hit them, they all got drunk, went to sleep, had the best time. They woke up with a little hangover, <laughs> and they're totally fine. That makes me really and happy. I, me too. And if the like really, really happy, <laughs> like like there were bees, like living creatures <laughs> on that roof. We all saw the photos, yeah, uh, and the, and the video of the fire. Gone, yeah. It looked like it's, it, and it was completely devastating to the to the structure, but. Those bees survived. They they just got high and went to bed. I love this. Yeah, they woke up with like munchies. Well, I also like the idea that they came out and they're like, "Damn, Phil, what did we do last (laughs) night?" (laughs) It's like a bee blackout. It's like super. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So that's the bright spot because I I I heard about it this week and I'm like just blown away. That's amazing. I know it is. So that's that's our bright spot this week. Yay! Because it's just there's just it's just wonderful. Thank you, bees. Buzz, buzz, buzz. Go keep. Keep buzzing, keep pollinating. I love my bees. Yeah. So there's a bunch of stoned bees up there. Yeah. Anyway. That sounds like a great night to me. <laughs> so that's what that is. Uh, now, that's that's my contribution to the show. Jason T. Gaffney, what horrible thing are you going to do to us to bring us down now? You ready? I'm Hopefully. Music. Oh, good. That sounds nice. Drugs. Even better. Hell's Angels. <gasps> Are we talking about Altamont? We are. Yeah! Uh, I got it. All right. Oh, I know I know that Altamont happened, and I know nothing else. So I've, I know we've been wanting to get to this for a while. You're in a good place. I am in a very good place. You're in a good place. Thank you. All right. So the festival would take place on December 6th, 1969. Okay. Very good year. So that was the year of Woodstock, was it not? But that it was in was. summer. Woodstock was in the summer. So this is this is about six months later. Cool. And it would take place at the Altamont Speedway in Tracy, California. Okay. Which is where my husband's car is from. Tracy, California. Yeah, we didn't know that there was a Tracy, California. Now it's popping up everywhere. Wait, how did you get a car from Tracy? They brought it down. Oh, okay, I see. You you bought it here. You didn't go to Tracy to go get a car, right? No, no, it's crazy. You leased a car and they drove it down. The only reason to go to Tracy is to go to the Carl's Junior on your way to somewhere else. (laughs) Hey, Tracy, I'm here to see Carl (laughs) and his Junior. I'm. I don't know what that means. Anyway, (laughs) it's Northern California. I'm pretty sure. I got the munchies. Give me Carl's penis. Oh, my God. You're going to munch on Carl's... Okay, this has gone way <laughs> off the rails. We need to get back on the freeway. So, Tracy... <laughs> this is exactly like a visit to Tracy. Yeah. That, right. was, that was a visit to Tracy <laughs> improv form. Um, <laughs> for those who don't live in California, it's it's Northern California. Oh, yeah. You know, it's the weird part of it's California. It's near Sacramento, um, Stockton, yeah. Lodi. I have family up that is way. Is Sacramento considered north? I thought it was middle. Well, Tracy's south of Sacramento, so oh, this okay. is Northern California. So then, yes. it's in Middle California. Okay. <laughs> anyway, the Speedway is a racing track where not only NASCAR has had races, yeah. but MythBusters had an episode of their show there. Okay. I'm so excited about that. I love MythBusters. <laughs> I totally had a crush on the two uh, younger guys when okay. I was younger. All right. And I was like, yeah, you better bust that myth. Wow. Get when it. you're done busting that. Mm. <laughs> I got a couple myths over here <laughs> that you got to prove plausible. 
God. <laughs> up to now, it's only been theoretical that I can open up for anybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, that's confirmed. <laughs> Thanks to the Mythbusters. Yeah. All right. The Altamont Speedway would also host this free music festival, which is probably one of the most famous things that it's known for. Sure. The Rolling Stones, which is a rock band for those who might not know it. Thank you. We're really excited. We old people know that, but <laughs> sure. Some others might not. Uh, well, some they of- did the Windows theme. Yeah. <laughs> it's still <That> really old. <laughs> so Woodstock had taken place earlier that year, but they hadn't. Been- that is the music festival, not the Peanuts character, just for those oh. listening closely. <laughs> <laughs> I love Snoopy and Woodstock. <laughs> I don't know how I missed that one. Good catch. Oh, Good thanks. Catch. Well, thanks. Good catch. They really love that Woodstock brought people together for their appreciation of music, and they were really sad that they missed it. The Rolling Stones weren't able to go. Okay. So they're like, this sucks. Everyone went to this amazing event, and we didn't get to go. Mm-hmm. So they were talking with another yeah, big 60s band. 60s FOMO. Exactly. Mm-hmm. They're like, everybody was there and happy and high, and we yeah. were alone in our trailer. Boo. <laughs> So they're talking to another band that was huge at the time called Jefferson Airplane. Sure. Didn't know that was a thing. What? No. Who names themselves Jefferson Airplane? That's so weird. Well, they changed it later. To what? Jefferson Starship. Seriously? I'm not kidding at all. Okay. I have no patience Grace for them Slick anymore. Grace Slick is wonderful, and she is the <laughs> head of... Th- that's the, the, the Go Ask Alice... Oh, Grace yeah, Slick is a part of that? That's fucking Jefferson Airplane. That's good for me to know for later, because Grace Slick makes a quote, and I had no clue why she was there. That... Could nobody... Because she, <laughs> she's the lead singer <laughs> of fucking Jefferson Airplane. Well, we are very confident in my research at this point. I am so glad I'm here. I'm just saying. It's a... It's... it's I, I am... I am really showing up for my role in the podcast today. <laughs> By being old. So glad I could help. Another famous band was also talking with them called The Grateful Dead. Who are they? Well, I knew of them. And I. <laughs> One of them's named after Ben and Jerry's ice cream, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> but basically, they got together and they got a nefarious idea. They were like, hey, we could do Woodstock on the West Coast or Woodstock West. Oh. So. The Rolling Stones had been on tour all year, and they were basically the second biggest band in the nation next to the Beatles at mm-hmm. the time. And they had received a ton of shit from both the press and their fans for how expensive their tickets were. Okay. So they're like, all these they people were, were like, twenty three dollars. I know. You guys, can you <laughs> yeah. believe it for a band? Yeah. What? Do I get head with that? Yeah. I mean, Jesus. Well, probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at these concerts, yeah. Yes. So when they were discussing the music festival with the other bands, the Rolling Stones were like, hey, let's do a bit of charity and we'll do the festival for free. Oh. And everyone was like, groovy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone just agreed all the time. Yeah. That was the time. <laughs> it was a good time. Mm-hmm. Now, something to note about Woodstock versus Altamont. Mm-hmm. The people who thought up the <laughs> Woodstock music festival started planning the festival in January of 1969. Mm-hmm. The festival would take place in August that year, so they spent about six months planning the fuck out of that festival, mm-hmm. which made it easy for the 400,000 people who would attend the concert to know what the fuck was going on and have a good time. Okay. The Altamont Festival, mm-hmm. they decided to try to put it together in a few weeks. Uh-huh. In fact... But fortunately, they got Billy McFarland to do it. 
<laughs> I was just about to say, in the, the uh, style of the Fire Festival, the uh, mm-hmm. Rolling Stones and other organizers of the festival didn't even have a venue for their jam session until mere days before they were supposed to open the doors. You're fucking kidding me. <laughs> yeah, they confirmed their venue on the 4th. The festival's on December 6th. Uh, okay. Can you imagine the stress? No. Like, all these people are coming. No, that's and you're insane. Like, now, the one bonus that they had is that this was free, so, like, if it didn't oh. fall through, it's like nobody got... Okay. You know, so that that's sort of in their It was favor. free to go to the festival? Yeah, it was a free oh, festival. Wow. All I can think about, though, is, like, how the fuck can anyone plan on coming if they don't know where the fuck they're going? I'm going to go to this festival, man. It's in northern or possibly central California. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that Tracy? Or is that Sacramento? <laughs> oh, Tracy's going, Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Altamont somehow ended up getting 300,000 people to go to okay. the festival for just a one-day thing, which yeah. is amazing. Because of Jefferson Airplane. Okay, nobody <laughs> knows who the fuck they are. Everyone knew <laughs> who they were. I kind of want to listen to their music now. Um, you already have, is my whole point. You just I don't, don't know, know it. Who knows this? All right. Is it the one that's like, I've got a brand new car to do, but I need dee dee dee. I don't know the words. Do you no. know that song? No. Yes, but okay. no. Okay. Well, then I don't know them. So <laughs> She said the, the, the go ask Alice when she's three foot small. What? What is that? One pill makes you larger. One pill makes you small. Are they thinking about Alice in Wonderland? They are singing about Alice in Wonderland, but it's a very famous song by Jefferson Airplane. No. I mean, I believe you, but no. Who's your guy, John Mayer? No, I don't know who John Mayer is. You know who John Mayer is. I sort of, I, I know he's racist. Whoa. He doesn't like his penis to be in anyone that's not white or something like that. Whoa. Or no. Yeah, something like that. He said something like that. Whoa. Yeah, he's racist. Whoa. Anyway. Jeez. Let's get back to the festival. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Originally. No, let's talk about John Mayer's racist penis for a while. <laughs> it, it has a little white hood. I don't know what's hard about this. <laughs> Wait, so does mine. <laughs> no. Am I a racist? Do no. I have a racist penis? No. No, I can confirm that I do not. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Mythbusters approved. <laughs> They busted that myth. Yeah, the cherry poppers took care of that. <laughs> okay, so the festival originally was, they wanted it to take place at Golden Gate Park in San Francisco. Oh. But the police in San Fran were like, no. No. It won't work. <laughs> no, we've never heard of Jefferson Airplane, so no. <laughs> and they would be right to say that. So, <laughs> the Rolling Stones got really upset by this, mm-hmm. and then they found a venue called the Sears Point Raceway. Okay. But the owners were like, sure, you can use it for $100,000, and we get the rights to anything you film here. Hey. And the Rolling Stones were like, fuck you. Mm-hmm. And they frantically searched for a new spot. Jefferson Airplane was in Florida at this current time mm-hmm. during the negotiations, and they were getting a little nervous at the lack of a venue. Yeah. They were like, I don't know where to land my plane, mm-hmm. which is me, because I'm a plane like Thomas the Engine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> People were not airplanes. <laughs> Any more than the stones were actual rocks. I'm pretty sure the Rolling Stones are trolls from Frozen. And also and the Grateful rolling. Dead are not fucking zombies, okay? They probably are. Well, they are now, but they weren't then, <laughs> is my point. Yeah. All right? So, so, no. So basically, they don't have a venue, right? They're freaking out. Mm-hmm. Enter Dick Carter. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best 
timed pause I've ever heard. Thank you. Yeah. Anyway, Dick Carter shows up, mm-hmm. and he is the owner of the Altamont Speedway. Okay. The bands weren't really jazzed about the Altamont Speedway mm-hmm. because the venue had no life or greenery near it. It was right. just like tar and trash and <laughs> shit. Sure. It didn't have great and launching. NASCAR fans. It comes with NASCAR fans. <laughs> it comes with angry, drunk car racing fans who NASCAR throw shit moms. at you. Yeah. Yeah. Sign my breasts. <laughs> I don't feel like the Stones would have a big problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> so it also didn't have like great hotels nearby for people coming. What? From out of Tracy, town. California doesn't have some of the nicest hotels. No, it doesn't. What was sad for them as well is that the Sears Point Raceway was in Sonoma. And they're oh, like, pretty. we could have been in Sonoma, and now we're in Tracy. Yeah. So, and Tracy's like, hey, I am not your sloppy seconds. They are. No, no, Tracy, you're our sloppy <laughs> thirds. Oh, <laughs> it's true. <laughs> it is true. San Fran. Yeah. Um, if that wasn't enough, there weren't enough bathrooms or water for everyone that was going to show up. Yeah. But the space was given to them for free, so they're like, good enough for me. That's fine. This we- is great. Yeah. And they quickly decided to take action to fix the lack of toilets, water, and medical tents. So well, mind you, they've got like two days to do this. Oh, God. Um, so which who's was in charge of preparing this thing? It's like the managers and the promotional people of all the bands. Okay. So they're kind of rushing around to get... Now, now they have connections. They know what they're doing. Yeah. They, they have the money. The, yeah. the bands are helping to pay for this and yeah. stuff. So they got everything in place, more or less, to bare bones it. You I know? see. The biggest problem was that all the other venues had to stage up above the audience... But the speedway had a stage at the bottom of a steep hill. Sure. Yeah, the people would, like, be on the hills, like... Watching. And the stage is down in the middle. Yeah. All right. Kind of like, um... Any kind of, like, baseball or football arena is going to be that. exactly. And the other problem was that the stage was only three feet off the ground. So, (laughs) it was really small. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All the bands were like, I've had bigger (laughs) than three feet. If you can take three feet, you're a fucking god. Well, I couldn't, but then I met the Mythbusters. <laughs> they busted me wide open. <laughs> so this was going to be a big problem for them for security reasons, because basically you've got... Any teenager on LSD could roll down the hill onto them. <laughs> Rock Scully, the manager of the Grateful Dead, is quoted saying, quote, that whole crowd could have easily passed out and rolled down <laughs> onto the stage. There was no barrier. So yeah, you called it. <laughs> So yep. they needed security. Mm-hmm. Enter Dick. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Enter the Hell's Angels. Oh yeah, yeah. I've heard of yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what it's famous for. Yeah. Oh god. It's not a good time. No. So what are the Hell's Angels? Some fun facts about the Hell's Angels. Fun. Its actual name is Hell's Angels Motorcycle Club. Oh, all right. So there's an acronym. Hamk. Like with a C I don't at think the end. they call themselves that. I call them Hamp because they did some bad things. Okay. So they get to be called. So you get a stupid nickname from me. Yeah. Don't Rah! stab people and be racist. Wow. Anyway. John Mayer. It's a club. <laughs> <laughs> Just because you have a hood on your penis don't mean I can't see your face and know who you are. Wow. <laughs> anyway. The Hells Angels is a club that's worldwide. It's and a motorcycle gang. A motorcycle. Yeah. And the members normally ride only Harley Davidson motorcycles. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about these motorcycles, but I assume they're pricey. Yeah. Are they? Well, yeah. I mean, are they just like normal Very motorcycles? Very famous American motorcycles. So, okay. Yeah. They're, I mean, it's like anything. I'm sure you can get a cheaper one or a more expensive one. Yeah. I'll take your cheapest motorcycle. I'm just gonna well, yeah, but, I'll, but I'll ask for it in my snobbiest voice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So. Give me the most expensive thing you got. <laughs> 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 
Damn <laughs> So the vast majority of the club is made up of white men. The club claims that they are not racist, however. Sonny right, Barger, just no one applied. <laughs> Sonny Barger, a founding member, is quoted saying, quote, The club as a whole is not racist, but we probably have but enough... its individual members definitely are. <laughs> we probably have enough racist members that no black guy is going to get in. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Well, that's some self-awareness for you, at least. To this day, the United States Department of Justice considers Hampk to be an organized crime unit. Okay. Quote from Wiki, quote, Members of the organization have continuously asserted that they are only a group of motorcycle enthusiasts who have joined to ride motorcycles together yeah. to organize social events such as group road trips, fundraisers, parties, and motorcycle rallies, and that any crimes are the responsibility of the individuals who carried them out and not the club as a whole. Yeah, but I saw Sons of Anarchy. I know it comes from the top. That being said, they have a very specific requirement in members asking to join their club. Mm-hmm. Quote from Wiki, quote, in order to become a Hells Angels prospect, candidates must have a valid driver's license, a motorcycle over 750cc, oh. and the right combination of personal qualities. It is said that the club excludes child molesters and individuals who have applied to become police or prison officers. Well, that's, you know, at the very least, that is the only time that those people are going to be in the same group. <laughs> what? D- the group of people denied access by, oh, yes. <laughs> by the Hells Angels. I'm saying, I'm saying that police, prison officers, and child molesters don't hang out in any other group. There's no Venn diagram that, that includes ever. all of them, except for people rejected by the Hells Angels. Well, when I was reading this, I was kind of like, oh, they, they, good, good, good on them, that they're like, we stand to not have people molesting children. I'm like, that's good. And then I was like, but we don't or want any police. Yeah. And I was like, mm, mm. not a good... He, after your quote about, like, we don't commit crimes, but then yeah. you don't let anybody in who's someone who's in the law? It's very odd to look at what their priorities are. Yeah. You know? Anyway, for all the members who are just motorcycle enthusiasts, have a good time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and for all of the criminals, please don't hurt me. <laughs> the Grateful Dead and Jefferson Airplane had apparently used them as security for other concerts before. Hmm. People to this day claim that the Hells Angels were hired for $500 of beer <laughs> okay. and that they were hired by the Rolling Stones management team. Okay. Sam Cutler, the Rolling Stones tour manager to this day, will get pissy about this uh, <laughs> because he claims that they only hired them to make sure they kept the generators safe. He said, Wait, quote, did you say he's the Rolling Stones road manager to this day? Oh, no, I meant he... <laughs> oh, he still maintains. He gets right, because he's as this. old as the fucking road yeah. now. <laughs> okay. He's in his nursing home. Yeah. I still manage the rolling stone. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> sure, Sam. Okay. Take your medicine. Well, I'm sorry. If Keith Richards is still walking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, he claims that they only hired them, the Hells Angels, to keep the generators safe during the concert, that they weren't there for security. Oh. Just to be there. He said, quote... Uh, <laughs> he said, quote... We could give two fucks about the band. (laughs) The generators is where the real power is. (laughs) My band's been a pain in my ass for years. This is a perfect way to get rid of it. I'll collect the insurance. That's right. I gave a pea shooter to one of the people in the crowd, and I told him to aim for Mick's lips. Oh, he'll deflate. So he said, quote, there was no way they're going to be the police force or anything like that. That's all bollocks. No, obviously, because there's no police in there. <laughs> yeah. Now, Cutler, along with Rock's 
Scully, the manager for Grateful Dead, and Pete Nell, the delegate for the Hells Angels San Francisco Club, mm-hmm. met and negotiated terms and agreed on the $500 of beer. That much we know. Oh we know $500 worth of beer in 1969 wow. was agreed upon. That's All a right. fuckload of beer. Back right. It's then. worth like it's it's worth like four. Amstel Lights at a bar now. Yeah. <laughs> so Cutler is still salty about the beer because he claims that all the bands were supposed to pay him back for the beer, but even uh, to this day, he hasn't been repaid for his generous contribution. Oh, my God. He's still pissed about that. He's People like, died. Get over it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Suck it up. So Pete, <laughs> Pete now, the delegate from the Hells Angels, has a different story about the negotiations. Mm-hmm. He claims that Cutler asked them to be security for the whole thing. He then said that he told them that they aren't police. They go to have fun at concerts. <laughs> Very specifically, we are not police. Yeah, we, or child molesters, for the record. <laughs> <laughs> we are neither. <laughs> So Cutler then asked if they'd be willing to help direct people to where they needed to go. Pete said, sure, I guess. We will protect the people, the generators, and we will be the ushers. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, you want to see an angry usher. (laughs) 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 So they're like... They're like, no, no, ma'am, you're you're up at the top of the hill. Oh, man, I just rolled down. (laughs) So Cutler then asked what form of payment they'd want, and he replied they wanted beer. Cutler then said, we can do that as long as you guys sit on the edge of the stage and make sure that none of the guests are killing or raping people, which is policing. That's what police work is. Sure. Well, to be clear, killing and raping people is not policing. Stopping people (laughs) from killing and raping people is policing. Right. Got it. (laughs) I'm all about clarity. To this day, the angels and everybody involved dispute what the angels were supposed to do at this festival. Sure. Sonny Barger is quoted saying, quote, I ain't no cop. I ain't never going to ever pretend to be no cop. I didn't go there to police nothing, man. They told me if I could sit on the edge of the stage so nobody would climb over me, I could drink beer until the show was over. (laughs) And that's what I went there to do. Oh, my God. I love him. I do. Sonny is great. He's very clear about this. pure motivations, it looks like. They told me I could get drunk and sit on the stage, basically a free show at the... Like at the foot of the stones. Yeah. Then that's not so bad. So security has been procured and the festival is a go. (laughs) Yeah. Not everyone agrees on that, but sure. (laughs) Including the security forces themselves, but cool. (laughs) So Jefferson Airplane would fly out of Florida and up to the venue on December 5th. On a plane. On a plane. Yeah, they aren't a plane. Well, they each flew their individual selves. No. To get there. No. By the way, just one plane? Why can't it be Jefferson Airplane? It became Jefferson Starship. Okay. Anyway. The line up for the show I think was it's Jefferson Tesla now. Jeff- no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the lineup for the show was Santana, Jefferson Airplane, The Flying Burrito Brothers, Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young, yeah. The Grateful Dead, and finally The Rolling Stones. Okay, let's focus on the Flying Burrito Brothers, can oh, we? <laughs> what we, the fuck? Well, well we get, are. We'll get to them. Oh, good. Don't you worry. I, that's. I mean, of that lineup, I've never heard of them. <laughs> But well, that's the one I really want info on. And that's the lineup of the order of the show, too. Right, okay. So, which just goes to show you that if Jefferson Airplane is before the Flying Burrito Brothers, maybe not as big as everyone thought they were. Well, they weren't Starship yet, so okay. they hadn't upgraded. <laughs> they didn't have Nicki Minaj come and level them up? No, they were, exactly. They were just, well, they had started, I mean, they were on a trajectory, okay? They started as Jefferson Wagon. <laughs> they went on the Oregon Trail, yeah. got famous. 
And this was mid mid path. Okay, for sure. But they grew from there. I love it. So tons of other famous musicians would attend the festival as well. They wouldn't be playing, but they would come and watch. Okay. But the vibe of the festival was off. Everyone could sense it. Oh. In fact, Grace Slick, hey, who was part of apparently Jefferson Airplane. Uh, she was not part of Jefferson Airplane. She was the face and the voice of Jefferson Airplane. Okay, well, she was like the pilot. I looked her up, <laughs> and I was quoted. That it was she was like they said she's a psychedelic musician, and I'm like yes, and the pilot of Jefferson Airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, my groovy plane boys, we going for a ride. Uh, well, today we'll be cruising at an altitude of three feet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Oh, I love it. She's quoted saying, quote, the vibes were bad. <laughs> Everyone knew it. <laughs> Something was very peculiar, not particularly bad, just real peculiar. Okay. It was that kind of hazy, abrasive, and unsure day. It was the 60s, man. I had expected the loving vibes of Woodstock, but that wasn't coming at me. This was a whole different thing. Sure. Well, this was in Tracy. Uh, yeah. So they don't do that there. <laughs> Tracy wakes up drunk. I mean, it's just... Totally. Goes to bed drunk, wakes up drunk. Yeah. <laughs> the vibe is off in Tracy. I can tell you that. <laughs> All right. So as you guessed it, having the Hell's Angel as a security was a huge problem for the free festival. <laughs> the first act, Santana, was actually really good. Everyone's having a great time. Carlos Santana's yeah. amazing. Yeah. But by the end of their act, things were starting to show their ugly truth. Already? By yeah. the end of the first act? Yeah. Cool. So this is a one-day festival, is that one, right? One-day festival. Well, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> it went to shit, but yeah. it was intended to be a one-day festival. It was supposed to be a one-day festival. All right, festival. got it. And we are talking, there are 300,000 people there? 300,000 that... people have attended okay. this festival. which so it's is a one-day festival. 300,000 people have descended on Tracy yeah. for the first time in its history, <laughs> for sure. Tracy's like, I'm so loved. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, get ready. Yeah, no. Wait, what are you doing? Yeah. Stop that. No. <laughs> they have found tents and Motel 6s somehow to find <laughs> lodging, and, and uh, there they are. Cheese sandwiches. Of course. <laughs> yes. So Bert Kangison, who was hired by the Grateful Dead as a permit specialist, would be attacked by a Hell's Angel and would receive 60 stitches on his head from this attack. What? What for? No reason. No. Okay. I think at this point the Hell's Angels are starting to get a little drunk. Oh, they're just why? Because they've been stage. paid in beer. Yeah. Uh, another. That's a stretch. Another fun thing about Bert. Uh, I don't know that we're considering their tolerance, but okay. <laughs> so I mean, I think that we're going to be focusing more on their intolerance. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. So a fun thing about Bert is that he also was a peace activist mm -hmm. and a pacifist. So the idea that oh. he somehow provokes someone into a fight mm. is insane. Probably not the case. Yeah, I know. Mm. Okay, by the time they got to Jefferson Airplane, things really started to take a turn. Okay. All right? Yeah. Fight a downward <laughs> turn, like a nosedive. Fight. Jefferson Airplane started the nosedive. Yeah. Uh -huh. They were in a Boeing. That yeah. was the problem. Oh. Too soon? Too soon. Okay. <laughs> So fights were now breaking out, and the Hell's Angels were either starting the fights, or they were just sitting and watching said fight while they were drinking beer and getting drunk. <laughs> Not the best aspect of security. They're like forces. turning the into like the Coliseum. They're just yeah. like fight for me. Right. One woman who had gone to the concert claimed that when she was there, she watched five fights, all fist fights, mm -hmm. all with the angels, and that they didn't help a young woman being dragged by her hair across the stage. Or a second woman who was freaking out due to a bad acid experience, yeah. and people were harassing her because they thought it would be funny. So oh. they were like running after her and being like, ah! and she was like, ah! Oh, that's terrible. And the Hell's Angels are just like, huh. 
they pushed her down the hill. <laughs> <laughs> toward other okay. ones. It's not, not funny. You laugh. It's not funny because she's on acid. <laughs> <laughs> you are shit. I'm, I'm sorry. I just, I just like, no, it's terrible. It's terrible. That's terrible. It's, that's very dark humor. Oh and my. I would never condone it in real life. Hilarious. But in a, in a movie, I would laugh my ass. Anyway, sure. okay. the angels did nothing. <laughs> I would laugh and help. Okay. okay. I would do both. Right. I'd be like, stop it. Yeah. Stop doing that. Okay. <laughs> Okay, the audience was now afraid of the angels because they were the cause of the most problems in at this point. Right. Most of the people they beat up just so happened to be black people. Oh. Which was just a unfortunate racist side effect of their racist motorcycle club. Yeah. There actually were security guards there hired by Dick. What? Wait. <laughs> the owner. Okay. Dick um, hired security guards. But they sure. were in plain clothing and were instructed to keep the building safe not the people say you're kidding they weren't hired for the festival as much as the venue wow okay at one point an empty beer bottle was thrown from the audience and it hit denise jukes who was the lead singer of the ace of cups oh no in the head and fractured her skull whoa she was six months pregnant at the <gasps> time thankfully they would get her out of there and she would be saved and her baby was saved oh um, and the rolling stones would pay for her ambulance and all of her medical costs after that happened, the angels started to get antsy, which is amazing because they're already beating people up. Sure. But now they're, like, worried. So they decided to arm themselves with sawed-off pool cues and motorcycle chains. Good lord. So now they have weapons. Okay. They were trying to get the crowd to back the fuck up and calm down. Yeah. And nothing says inviting a calm energy like makeshift weapons, right? <laughs> no. But then someone knocked over one of the Hell's Angels motorcycles, and it got ugly. That is something you do not do. Listen, I, I've, I, I'm from the 70s, okay? You don't tug on Superman's cape. You don't spit into the wind. Wait, 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 wait. You don't pull the mask off the old Lone Ranger, and you don't approach a Hell's Angel with a sawed-off pool cue. Okay, well, two things. Mm -hmm. Why don't you tug on Superman's cape? Because he'll fuck you up. No. He'll yeah. be like, yeah, put it in me. And I'll be like, yeah. What? <laughs> Jim Croce never had the chance to write that song. That's all. <laughs> and also, don't take the mask off the Lone Ranger. Why? Because it'll fuck you up. Not if he's tied up. Haven't and you heard the song? Him? So you I haven't mean, heard the song. On. <laughs> Why is everybody fucking you? <laughs> Why are they not? <laughs> More important question. Why are they not? <laughs> Oh, Come on, God. Superman and Lone Ranger. Get your shit together. Okay. Fun, fun, fun. All right, we so can the... make a train. <laughs> we can be Jefferson Train. <laughs> they were for a while. <laughs> God damn. Okay. So, as uh, one of the fights broke out, Marty Balin, Balin, is that how you say his name? I don't know. A member of the Jefferson Airplane. Oh, I don't know all the fucking members. Okay. okay. I don't know the flight attendants or the ground crew. <laughs> I just saw the pilot. Okay. So, anyway, one of the flight attendants of Jefferson <laughs> Airplane, Marty, um, yeah. jumped off the stage with a parachute to help calm things down. No, he didn't okay, jump no. with a parachute. <laughs> it's an airplane. I get it. No, I, I get it. I get it. Um, he, he was. Uh, he used the emergency exit. Yeah. So, he jumped off and he slid down slid the inflatable down. thing. Yeah, of course. And the he's three like, feet. He's like, everybody remain calm. <laughs> and one of the Hell's Angels turned around and knocked him out by punching him in the head. The... The the, ba people, the band member? Yep. They knocked out the band member? Yes. Okay. So Marty was then pulled back onto the stage and then backstage by other members of the band. Mm -hmm. And the angel that knocked him out 
followed and kept hitting him while he's unconscious. Why? Because he's insanely drunk and a Hell's Angels fucking gang okay, member. fine. I'll try not to ascribe motivation to these people. Sure. So, I mean... Okay. So, Rex Jackson from The Grateful Dead came to Marty's aid backstage only to have the angel attack him as well. Oh, it's somebody just, stop this guy. Yeah, I'm like, you guys have guitars. He's right. got a pool cue. Right, that you famously break on things. Yeah. Break them on him. Yeah. After the fight subsided and they were able to get Marty, like, conscious again. Now, mind you, this is during the Jefferson Airplane set. Okay. So it's amazing. They're mid-set. So, yeah, no, there was this epic drum solo right then. <laughs> Out of necessity. <laughs> <laughs> vamp, Johnny, vamp. I've done every type of beat. <laughs> so He invented rhythms then. <laughs> this, uh, That's led... the bright side. <laughs> <laughs> the 12-6 count came from this. Finn. Okay. <laughs> so this fight actually led to Paul Kantner, another member of Jefferson Airplane, getting sarcastic on the microphone, thanking the Hell's Angels gang for knocking out one of his band members mid-set. Mm-hmm. This resulted in one of the Hell's How'd Angels <laughs> to jump up onto the stage, grab the microphone from Paul, <gasps> and argue with him about the fight and say that it was the band member's fault. Uh, I'm like, okay. Okay. So at this point, the crowd and the Angels are, like, getting real antsy, but then enter... The country music of the Flying Burrito Brothers. Country music? Country music. Yes, that will help. And <laughs> actually, that'll solve everything. Actually, it did. It well, calmed everyone down. I wasn't joking. Oh. But after they were done, the night progressed and the audience got more and more high. Oh, wh- I'm sorry. Was that the whole. <laughs> was that the whole section about the Flying Burrito Brothers? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want more. I told right. you I'd tell you about I'm, it. I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a little research myself yeah. on the Flying Burrito Brothers. If you find that they're crazy, stop and I, I'll do an episode I on can't them. I can't no. I yeah, probably. <laughs> I can't believe that that they are the only people who injected some sanity into the moment. Yeah. And that's all we know about them. Okay, cool. So why are they flying? Why are they country but with burritos? What country? Mexico? I don't know. Nobody knows. Probably not. You don't know. But I you didn't know Jefferson Airplane either. Oh, I don't. But I feel like the angels wouldn't have calmed down if it was another ethnicity on the stage. Probably not. They so that's got... what it takes to soothe the savage beast is some country music. Yeah. Cool. But after the Flying Burrito Brothers were done, now the audience is more stoned and high on many things, okay. and the angels are more drunk than ever. In it fact, gets angels, better and better. the angels now started throwing their empty beer cans at guests, shoving people way too aggressively off the stage who were trying to climb on the stage, uh-huh. and beating people up. Yeah. Well, stop trying to climb on the stage. Well, yeah. That, one. That's two, one thing. Two, an empty beer can, a lot better than a whole beer can. Better. Still, a you know, people can. got sent to the hospital with broken skulls, so... From the empty beer cans? Well, that was a bottle, I guess. <laughs> oh, well, so shit, yeah. yeah. That came from the audience, though, too. True. So, it's not like the Hells Angels are the only people who are aggressing. Nobody's innocent I'm here. not defending the Hells Angels, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay? <laughs> I'm not. So, Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young would go mm-hmm. out and play. And Young? Wow. Yeah. They'd go out and play, and there'd be violence and despair throughout. Well, that was just their set, man. Yeah. <laughs> They had this weird. Have you ever heard Neil Young? (laughs) (laughs) They'd head out on stage and they just slap each other. (laughs) Yeah, they did. They went out and they just strummed a guitar to an Ingmar Bergman film. Oh God! That was their set. That it was their performance art period. So Grateful Dead was supposed to play after Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young, Mm -hmm. but based on how the bands were now getting attacked by the security. 
themselves and how the crowd was turning sour, they yeah. said, fuck this and walked away. Really? They just, they, they left. Which left a giant hole in the schedule. The Rolling Stones. Fortunately, Jason Gaffney was there. <laughs> I will Specialty is fill holes. all them holes. <laughs> Get over here, Superman. I got some kryptonite for you. Oh my god, that's terrible. You're gonna kill Superman. No, he's gonna feel good. I, I don't know. It's sex. It's role play. Let's go with it. How? I, I have to teach you about classic rock and comics, man. I know that's a comic. good thing. I have a curious mind. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a gaping hole in the schedule. Sure. The Rolling Stones weren't supposed to go on until sunset. And they certainly weren't ready. <laughs> but people disputed... They've only been there all fucking day and <laughs> organized the uh, festival. They started after sunset, and it was a rocky start. Mick Jagger was punched in the head by a fan mere seconds from getting out of his own helicopter. What? He, like, arrives, and a fan just punches him. What? And he's like, what the hell? <laughs> I gave you this free concert. Yeah. And this is what I get. Yeah. <laughs> That's for the $23 I paid last month. <laughs> so when he got to the stage, he told everyone, quote, just be cool down in the front there. Don't push around. Just be cool down in the front there. Don't it, push around. Yeah. <laughs> this is pre-mosh pit, so they don't, they don't you're know supposed to stand what there the fuck and they're doing. Like, listen to the concert. And stoic, right? Just stand there stoically. You can sway. No, no swaying. Oh. So <laughs> they have to be like the people in Game of Thrones. The, the White Walkers? No, the guys who cu- cut off their dicks. Whoa. Remember? And the Khaleesi Unsullied. Them? Yeah. Okay. It's supposed to be like that. Wow. So. Are they the, supposed to cut their dicks off? No. <laughs> if you want to listen to the Rolling Stones, you better cut your dick off. <laughs> Mick Jagger is the only one allowed to have a dick. <laughs> Moves like Jagger. <laughs> so. <laughs> about three minutes into that sound, I realized what you were trying to do. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Rolling Stones actually wanted to leave the show because of how dangerous it was, but they agreed that if they did, mm-hmm. they might have a riot on their hands, so they felt compelled to play. I feel for them. They yeah. put on a free concert, and now the, they're, this, hostages. they're hostages at their free concert. <laughs> so Jesus. At this point, about 5,000 people were now trying to swarm the stage. And the Hells Angels were doing all they could to um, basically get the people off the stage. Oh, my God. During their set, a young 18-year-old black man named Meredith Hunter Uh tried to get on stage. The Angels beat him up and kicked him off the stage. The Angels Uh claimed that Meredith looked crazy and was on drugs. Later, it would be revealed that he was on methamphetamine at the time of the concert, but I'm pretty sure most of the crowd was on something. Yeah. They've established that. And so were the Hells Angels. Yes. And so Um, were the bands. He decided to get dressed up for the concert, Okay, and he wore a lime green suit. Hello. And he brought not only his suit, but his girlfriend, Patty, yeah. to the concert, who happened to be white. Uh-huh. And he also brought a twenty two caliber revolver okay. for protection. So he was prepared. He was running away from the beating the angels were planning on giving him, because uh. he had seen them beat up a bunch of black people throughout the yeah. concert. But they weren't letting him just go. So he's fleeing, and they're like, no, we're not going to let you go. We're going to beat the fuck out of you, lime green suit man. Sure. So he pulled out his gun. So there are real problems with the fashion? (laughs) Sort of. Okay. So he pulled out his gun to try to scare them away, but one of the angels, Alan Pissarro, Mm -hmm. charged him and stabbed him at least four times, if not five, in the back. Whoa. Then more of the angels proceeded to circle him and kick the shit out of him. Oh, my God. As they so were, he never shot the gun? No, he never, never shot the gun. He, the gun. He pulled it out. They, they actually don't think that there were even bullets in it. He literally yeah. brought it just to scare people away so he yeah. could get away. 
as he was dying, he said to them, I wasn't going to shoot you. I was never going to shoot you. Oh, wow. Um, he would be brought to a first aid tent along with his girlfriend, but he died from his wounds before a helicopter could come to fly him to an emergency hospital. Wow. He would actually not be the only death at this concert. There was a hit and run in the parking lot that what? killed two people. Whoa. And one partier got really high on LSD and fell into a narrow canal and drowned. Oh, because shit. Because they were on LSD. Oh, my God. They weren't able to, like, stand up and get out of the water. I understand. Hundreds were injured. Whoa. So there were four deaths and um, hundreds of people injured. Four deaths. Yeah. And hundreds of injuries. Jesus. After the concert, Alan Passaro was brought up on murder charges, mm -hmm. but after the video surfaced showing Meredith wielding the gun, the jury acquitted him and claimed self-defense. Yeah, it's terrible. If anything, Meredith was acting in self-defense himself because they were beating the shit out of him and he was fleeing and they were still pro they were coming at him. Yeah. Like, once the person flees, you're supposed to back off. And so at this point, I would argue that Alan committed manslaughter. Sure. More than premeditated murder or anything. Local sheriffs actually reopened the case in 2003 when they got wind that a second angel might have participated in the stabbing, oh. but they didn't find evidence and they have since closed the case. Okay. From all the footage at the festival, the Rolling Stones created the documentary Gimme Shelter, uh, right. which people love for the most part, but it also receives a lot of criticism because the Rolling Stones are portrayed as victims for wanting to put on a happy free concert when they had no business with the little planning uh, putting on the show. Well, yeah. And the Hells Angels got pissed off by Mick Jagger for his bad words in the documentary about them. And in 2008, a handful of them attempted to kill him via boat when he was on Long Island. Via boat? Yeah. He was in a well, boat. that is not their forte. I have a feeling. <laughs> the boat more or less sank in a storm. That's what I'm saying. The yeah. Hells Angels can't drive a boat. They yeah. sank it. Is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. Grateful Dead ended up being inspired by the event to write the songs New Speedway Boogie mm -hmm. and Mason's Children. Huh. The festival to this day is called Failed Woodstock West. Oh, there you so go. So they did do a Woodstock West. Yeah, yeah failed. failed. Yeah. It's like Christopher Street West. It's a big <laughs> fail. <laughs> okay. Okay. What is the bright side? Woo! We made we it. We made it through. We it got, made it. I, it gets dark at the I end. I don't know. But... What's the bright side? Go ask Alice. I don't know. <laughs> Is that their song? Yes, Jefferson Starship Airplane. Okay, it's, uh, don't. I'm gonna play it for you later. Everyone who's listening right now is hearing it in their heads, and you're the only one who isn't. Well, good. I'm <laughs> glad you all hear it. Good. So we're I we're just, making music inside people's heads. Now. I just bought Pink's new album, so I'm very psyched about that. I'm happy for you. And Does I she just, have a duet with her child on it. And I just bought Megan Trainer's old album. because oh. I'm behind. Okay. I'm always behind the music. That's okay. I'm very behind. Not as it. behind as me. I'm still here. This is like this this era that we're talking about. That's what I'm listening You're to. You're living now. in the dream right now. Yeah, then. I'm really excited for the Grateful Dead's next album. Okay. Yes. Are they still around? You know who plays with the Grateful Dead? John Mayer. Does he? Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. We need to find out if his penis is racist. We do need I'm to find really, that out. I'm really, really confident that he said something like I that. I mean, you and I are the least qualified people to find out, like really find out if his penis is racist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he said it as a quote. Okay. I think it's a quote. Okay, cool. Um, anyway, we're at the bright side. <laughs> okay, yeah. So what is the bright side to the Altamont Music Festival? First. Okay. It is miraculous. 
that more people did not die at this festival. True. 300,000 people all rushing this, rolling down the hill and rushing the stage. <laughs> Whoa, this concert's wild. Helicopters abounding. It's craziness. People yeah. getting punched in the head left and right, yeah. knocked out. Bottles flying. Sawed off pool Guns, cues, motorcycle chains. Knives. Yeah. Yeah. Four people died. Three no of whom law and order. weren't about the weapons or, or rolling down the hill. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, second. Uh-huh. Rolling Stone magazine wrote a whole piece on remembering Meredith Hunter, and that's really good. And the reason I bring that up is that they actually talk about the racial problems in America, Mm -hmm. and they don't hide from the mistakes made at this concert Mm -hmm. and the fact that they had security who were not equipped to handle racial sensitivity and people on drugs and all of those things. Right. And and I just really appreciate the fact that – like. In in history, we do a really good job in America of whitewashing everything and yeah. hiding stuff. Mm-hmm. And this article – It's our went, specialty. Yeah. It went, well, it went really in-depth as to here's the struggles that he was dealing with being a black man in, in you know the late 60s, yeah. early 70s. and Especially dating a white woman. Yeah. And it was – it would have been really easy for him to just be vilified as the crazy guy on meth, the crazy black man on meth with a gun. Right. And they went in and they, they found his family and they found out about him and how he was a sweet guy and mm. he was really not violent and he was just trying to keep himself and his girlfriend safe. Mm-hmm. And it's tragic. Mm-hmm. So his story is not just told by the yeah. people who killed him. Yeah. And, and that's that, important. That being said, like, obviously, I'm not endorsing people to go have drugs at a music festival. I we, am. That's what I'm here for. But, but it's there's still a sense of, like, he didn't do anything that warranted him to be killed. Correct. Also, the documentary really highlights the Hell's Angels as a group of people who shouldn't be in charge of security. Uh, and to my knowledge, they <laughs> or haven't. Or prisons, or police departments, or children. <laughs> they, and to my knowledge, they haven't been security since, which is a good thing. That is good. I don't know this to be 100% no, true. No, this is but... not a good line item on the resume. Right. After this, people started hiring security guards for money. Yeah. <laughs> People with racial training and sexual harassment training. And well, not not for another few decades, probably. But Fair they, they changed the payment structure, yes. for sure. Things were learned from this. The rock bands understood that, like, yes, Woodstock seemed like this amazing thing that came together last second and right. was just founded on peace and love and everyone was good. Yeah. But there were plenty of security and people there who were taking care of stuff and making sure that people were okay. Like, right. And also, it was kind of a fluke. Right. Like, Woodstock was the first one, but it was kind of a fluke, because it, that kind of magic never got captured again. Right. Never did. Even in the other Woodstocks right. that they have done. You know, it's never going to again, because it was of its time. Right. And all of the grasping, and this is actually a bright side for me, is the grasping for the great America of past, or the great of whatever of past, can't happen. Right. So we have to, like, enjoy now. And also recognize the reality of, of now and plan events and plan our lives around that yeah. instead of reaching for something that we're never going to get back. Well, and learn learn from your mistakes, you know, and it's and learn what worked, learn what didn't, and try to do the best you can. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think of every film that I make as its own beast. And, you know, there have been films I've worked on where it's just been just awesome every day mm-hmm. even with the bumps and there's been other films where it's been really tough mm-hmm. i was joking with matt about how each one is like bringing up a child mm-hmm. you love each one of them 
But some of them are harder to raise than others. Sure. And it's because they're their own being and they talk to you. And it, the same would be for a music festival yeah. where it's like just because one is super easy and goes to sleep at eight every night and doesn't cry. Right. Doesn't mean the next one isn't going to fucking throw up your nose. Like, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> I did that to my mom. Throw, wait, throw up. Up your nose? I, she was holding me and I was looking up or at her. Or throw up your nose. Did no, you I, eat your nose and then throw it up? No, I vomited. you're looking great. I, thank you. Yeah, no, I vomited up her nasal cavity oh. and into her oh. mouth. <laughs> okay. I, I'm a projectile vomiter. Woo! Yeah. Thank you for that image. You're uh, welcome. And I'm so sorry, Suze, that that happened to you. <laughs> wow. So. All right. Um, I now know who Grace Slick is. That's a bright side. That's a huge bright side. Speaking of Grace Slick, very recently, she did a Chick-fil-A commercial. And the oh, reason she did the Chick-fil-A commercial, on, yes, and let them use their uh, her music was she was like, well, they're going to find somebody to use music for this commercial, but I am going to donate all the money I get from it to pro-gay causes. I... So that's why they get to use my, my music in it. Okay, so. That's Grace Slick. Before next episode, yeah. I'm going to listen to some of Grace Slick's music. Thank you. Because I appreciate that. Thank you. And I support that. Yes. Grace Slick, you better rock. She does. Uh, all right, well, thank you for bringing this to my attention. I didn't know much about Altamont, and now I know too much. And that's what <laughs> we come to you for. Yes. All Unfortunately, right. there weren't naked people having sex like that other festival. Oh, there were. Oh, but, cool. Yeah. I missed that part of it. But the Hells Angels didn't beat them up, so we don't care. Well, they were just watching. They got off lucky. Yeah. At least they got off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Thanks, everybody, for listening this week. Come back and see us again next week. See you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you for flying Jefferson Airplane. Bye-bye. We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram, at Brightside K and J, and on Facebook, at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.thebrightsidewithkevinandjason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on the, the Bright, bright Side! side.